This is Professional Life Crisis. I'm your host, Amanda. And by now, I'm a damn near professional at having a life crisis. Coming from the girl who bought a corporate-sized whiteboard, like legitimately the size they have on the wall in your office, to map out all her future career options, I know what an emotional roller coaster your early career can be. And I don't even like roller coasters. This podcast is here to help you get through those messy, uncertain times riddled with ramen noodles and self-doubt. If you're an ambitious, curious young professional trying to pave your way in the world, it's not as scary as I once thought it was but I really wish I'd had someone to tell me that. Hey all, we're back with another episode of Professional Life Crisis. This is another episode in the series, 10 Things I Learned Working at a Startup. And today we're deep diving into number two, learning how you like to learn. If you haven't listened to the original episode yet, I highly recommend you do so. It's a great overview, and it'll give you some other great tips for surviving those first few months at your new startup job. By the end of this episode, you'll have some solid strategies for learning more efficiently and identifying how much time and effort you actually need to spend learning new skills to be amazing at your new job. Because I don't know about you, but I find that when I get into that happy flow state at work, I feel on top of the world, like checking things off your to-do list left and right, feeling like you know what you're actually doing. It's amazing. It's a great feeling. And it can be so fleeting when you're at your brand new job. But I hope I can get you to that feeling more often. When you first start a new job, I think there's a lot of pressure to know more than you do. You just went through a whole interview process trying to impress this employer and seem like the very best, most knowledgeable person that they could possibly hire for this role. And then you start and you actually have to show what you know. I felt a ton of anxiety about this when I started my first startup job. It's like such a scary transition and you feel like someone's going to find you out, you know, like find out that you're a total imposter. But good news, if you just took a job at a startup, they're also total imposters and are scrambling to figure out new things every day, just like you. So if that gives you a little extra vote of confidence, please do take it. I think one of the beauties of working at a startup or a small company is that there's not usually a playbook or a rule book for everything that you do because they're figuring shit out just as you are. So here's my first tip. Let go of this narrative that you need to know everything. You do not need to know everything. What you need is to be open-minded and be curious. If you have a natural curiosity in the industry or the category that you're working on, this will definitely make things much easier. You probably already follow knowledge leaders in this space on Instagram or listen to their podcasts or YouTube videos, or maybe you follow them on LinkedIn. But if you don't, keep listening because the third tip on this list is gold, and I promise it will help you with this. Because as long as you have a strategy for learning what you need to learn, you don't necessarily have to have a natural curiosity. Of course, it's nice, but it's not a requirement. Tip number two for figuring out how to learn what you need to learn efficiently is to find out what medium works for you. Some questions that you can ask yourself to get to this answer are, what medium do I have the most attention span for or enjoy the most? And what medium am I most likely to actually absorb the information from? 
because it's no good if you love watching videos, but you know, you multitask during them and you realize that by the end of a 30 minute video that you actually retained nothing. Kind of like back in high school when you had a quiet reading day and you'd read the same paragraph over and over and realize that you didn't remember one word of what you read, right? So no good. For me, I like podcasts and audiobooks because I have no patience for reading. If you like reading, you can crack open a book by a knowledge leader in your space or your industry. If you like reading articles, you can plan some time on your calendar each week to read through a few articles related to a project or a topic that you're working on at work that week. You can even set up Google notifications for when a new article comes out with specific topics that relate to what you're working on, and they'll send you them in an email. Maybe you like learning from other real human beings. So if that's the case, go to networking events and meet people who are further along in their career than you. Ask someone for a virtual coffee chat. This is a great way to learn from people who are in the same industry or field as you, but are a few steps further along in their career than you. And that can be so valuable when someone can just unlock that next way of thinking about a problem or the next idea to grow at that next level. It's invaluable. Meeting people in person and networking one-on-one is also a great supplement to any of the other ways that you like to learn on a regular basis. Okay, tip number three. As promised, if you are not naturally curious about the work that you're in and you're not just consuming content all the time about it, here's what I would do. Start by figuring out the level of depth that you need to learn things at. Whether you just need to know enough to execute the task one time or if it's worth setting up a repeatable system that will make your life easier the next five or 10 times that you have to do it. Here's how you can start to figure that out. If this is a one-off project that's not going to repeat, you can likely just do the surface level learning. Figure out the basics, understand the key terms, acronyms, and figure out a manual process that you can use to complete the task. We'll refer to this as the brute force method. You're welcome. Now, conversely, if this is a topic with your manager that has come up multiple times and your company seems to have a profound interest in this area, you might want to spend the extra time learning the proper way to set up a system that will make your life easier the next 10 times you have to do this task or a related one. It may take you a lot longer to set up the system, so it's definitely an upfront cost. But the benefit is that future iterations of this task will go a lot faster. My best friend, who works for a very popular at-home bike company, gave me a great example of this. Her manager asked her to test a possible issue with a bike. So then she's forced with a decision. Should she ride the bike for one hour herself to test this feature or spend 12 hours to build a robot to ride the bike for her, which the robot can then complete the test in five minutes? In the case where this is a one-off task, like something that you think won't likely be a very repetitive part of your job, it's probably not a good use of your time to learn the fancy automation that's going to take you seven hours to learn, even if the automation can then do your task in five minutes. I know it can be frustrating to do things manually when you, you know that just somewhere out there, there must be a better, easier way. But you have to remember that Learning the fancy automation will take you time, which is an opportunity cost in the equation of your precious time. And if you decide that this is a one-off task and it's not worth going down the rabbit hole to learn the full process that's going to make this easier every other time that you could possibly run into this task, 
I give you full permission to use the brute force method. Here's another example if you don't work on a physical product that might feel more relatable. Just the other day, I had to create 100 copies of a Google Doc and properly rename all of them to be in number order. I spent about an hour researching a Google script that I could run that would automatically make the copies and rename the files for me. I played around with it for like another 30 minutes and I just couldn't get it to work. And eventually I just had to ask myself, is it worth continuing to spend my time figuring out how to set up this automation or should I just do it manually the old school way and go in, make copies and rename it myself? Now, if I were more tech savvy or if I had more of a programming background, I'm sure that I would have been able to figure out the automation faster, but I couldn't. So I just said to myself, it's time to just do this task manually. It's going to wind up saving me time and effort in the long run. All right. I hope that this episode has given you some tactical strategies and tangible questions that you can ask yourself to help you define your learning style and to learn the most efficiently that you can when you're starting a new job and everything just feels like a complete freaking whirlwind. If you enjoyed this episode and found some useful tips, please share it with a friend. And I would, of course, appreciate if you would leave me a five-star review on wherever you're listening. It really helps to get the podcast into the hands of more people who will benefit from it. Have an amazing week and we'll catch you next time. 